right, guys. Thanks so much for tuning back in. We are coming at you with our recap. We are here with the lovely Isaac. Dang, dude. You thought I was going to say Megan. I thought you were going to say <laughs> you your wife as lovely. <laughs> also, but the lovely I'll, I'll Megan. accept it. As well as the lovely Lackey, comma, Nick. Thank you for the warm welcome. <laughs> that was a good response. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> Wait, what's his, what's his name? <laughs> Sorry, Nick Lackey. He's okay. our Daphne student pastor. <laughs> it's a pleasure, man. Lackey it's coming, pleasure. Nick. Yeah, <laughs> grateful to be with you guys. Uh, so we are going over week two of our series called Testify. Uh, but before we get into the meat, let's let's hit the you know the fun stuff. Question the, of the day. Come on. Would you rather take one million dollars? One mil. Just free of charge. There's no no strings attached. One million dollars, or flip a coin for ten million. So if you win the coin flip, you get the ten mil. If you lose the coin flip, you're walking away. Nothing. Oh gosh, you lose the coin flip. Nothing. Ha- oh no. man, I think I'm taking the mil. I think you got to take the million. I mean, you can very easily turn it into ten million. Can you? How easily? How? Who easily. are you? Reasonably? Easily. <laughs> why, if that's the case, why Reason. are you in ministry? <laughs> I mean, just like in theory. I mean, I don't know how to do that. If you know how to in do that. In theory. In theory, you can easily. In theory. You should probably in be pretty qualified. With <laughs> I will say this. With, with If you take the one million, right? Like obviously that immediately adds to your life. Sure. There's no risk. Sure. No risk at all. But I'm pretty content as it is. So like I'm, right. okay, I'm okay with right. where I'm at, you know? So like. Taking the chance for a little extra. I feel that. You know, yeah, like there's there's it. a valid point to it. But even with all that, I'm still going with just a milli because that's, it's dumb. A 50, that's 50 a dumb shot. gamble. What's the point? I'm taking 10. Okay. I'm, I'm flipping, <laughs> the, coin. flipping <laughs> the coin. You're flipping the coin. I am Come flipping on. the coin. Hey, we can be Come debt on. free. Come on. Well, if we both get <laughs> this, you saying. take the mill, I'll flip the coin. We got 11 million. <laughs> <laughs> She's thought it through. Or, or you could have two million. They have the cheat codes. No, we, we're two happy. Of them. We have one million. It's fine. I'm flipping. We are I'm not happy. We don't have a million dollars. <laughs> <laughs> totally kidding. Totally kidding. All right. So week two of our Testify series. Uh, Isaac, would you do the honors of reading 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 3? Yes. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 3 from the NLT version. It says, I passed on to you what was most important and what had also been passed on to me. Christ died for our sins, just as the scriptures said. Amen. Amen. (laughs) Amen. So let's talk about it. So that is Paul speaking, and he's saying this is something I passed on, but it's, I mean, there's a lot of of things attached to that verse. It's the most important thing. We talked last week, uh, you know, you can spend your entire life in church knowing about Jesus, and it may change you. Or you can believe in him and allow him to transform you. So when it comes to this idea of sharing your faith, making your faith uh, something that is external, we have to first understand that there's a baseline. It has to begin with you. It has to begin with me. It has to begin internally, like Jesus has to transform my life. Uh, what, I mean, what's your thoughts? Like, this is for not necessarily for one person in particular, but when you hear that verse, what comes to mind? Um, what do you think about? Honestly, I think about this is going to sound funny, but there's a worship song. I don't even know the name of the worship song, but it says, Break my heart for what breaks yours. And 
I, I don't know why, but when I think about inviting someone or I think about lost people, for me, it is almost like the prayer of God, like, help me see them how you see them, or help me to to take notice of the person, the lonely, the left out, the unfortunate, you know, whatever that misfortunate, whatever that looks like. Um, but just give me eyes to see. You say mm-hmm. that all the time, um, and ears to hear just those stories, those people whose life truly could be changed by the message of Jesus. And I think if we are not walking with the Lord, if we're not spending time with Him, if we're not praying, we will miss so many, so many people, um, so many stories. And so that's what I—that's what comes to mind immediately to me. Come on. I love that it starts with that receiving. For what I received, yeah, I pass on to you, you know? And so, man, this, this series of Testify that we're in, talking about how our lives are to mirror who God is, and, and we have this this important thing that must happen first, and that's that we have to receive them ourselves, right? You know, like moving into, if we, we want to see the world changed, we want to see that what Jesus has brought for us, you know, um, to, for, to, for that to reach all the people that are around us and that are in our circles, but it can't happen without him first changing us and us, us first receiving him, all right, man? I just think that's so good. And so how did y'all lead into that um, in this series with just talking through what it looks like to have Jesus be the one that changes you before you ever take that to anyone else? I mean, I, I, I mean, I won't speak for everyone, but when I think about testifying to the world or mm. to or to your neighbor, to your friend, loving your neighbor, I can think back to, and and this probably, if I'm honest, is true today. Some some uh, to some extent, there's a lot of pressure uh, when it comes to seemingly, you know, oh I, gosh, I, it's like a there is a responsibility to you know be a megaphone to the world about Jesus. But like, if you look at the responsibility in and of itself on its own exclusively, that's that that's a lot of pressure. And I think that's why you have to First uh, uh, Corinthians fifteen three, like you said, hey, this is the most. It is the baseline. And and I, I mean, it's the same. We're all communicators. Like when I I still to this day have been doing this forever. Uh, before I walk on stage, I get nervous. Like I'm talking like knots in my stomach. And I realize I have the wrong audience in mind if I am I am nervous because I'm not. I mean, yeah, to, to some extent I am doing this for them, but you know, at the core, I'm doing this because of the one who called me, my Creator, my personal Jesus, my Lord, my Savior. And so, like as I say those things, like that gives me a shot of adrenaline in my arm because I'm like, oh my gosh, this is not on me. It's on God. Like it's not on TC to save the world. It's not on TC to to save Nick. No, I I can't. It's impossible for me to do that. I am merely like, you know, shouting to the world, hey, this is Jesus. And the only way I can do that is because I have, as you said, Nick, I've received it. Mm. And I have to remind myself, mm. no, no, no. Like I'm just, you know, mirroring truths that have done a a crazy work in me in the past and are still doing a work in me today. Mm. So yeah. Yeah, whenever whenever I think about that, man, I just like I I hear and like I feel like the heaviness of the command to go and tell. I mean, that's it was one of the last commandments that God gave that Jesus gave his disciples uh before he left this earth. Go therefore and make disciples. Go and share this good news that that I've came and that I'm going to return again. Go and share this. And like that's heavy. Yeah. Uh, like that's a it's a lot that that that, yeah. that is a weight to carry, and like if we think about it just on our own, like like there is absolutely 
zero ways that we can like go and share this properly, God honoring, God glorifying on our own. And I think this verse, it just kind of puts it in perspe- into perspective for me that's when it says, I passed on to you what is most important. Paul is just reminding us, hey, guys, like this thing that I'm about to tell you in this next sentence is the most important thing for me. And this is what carries me through every situation that Christ died for our sins, that Christ died for my sins. Mm-hmm. And like th- like that is what carries me. Not, not me carrying myself, but that Christ died for me and he is with me and he cares for me and he loves me and I can go and share. I can go and testify this of this good news because Christ has already paid the debt of my sins. And I think it's cool too because it's Paul, right? Like a radical life change, a story if you know the story. Um, but if you don't, you should, you should read it. It's really good. <laughs> um, but I think too – his life changed. Like he could point it straight back to like, it, I could not do this on my own. I could not live this out on my own. Like who I was before Jesus is so different. And so I think it's, it, you know, he was able to do that. But I think something that often holds us back, like when we are talking about testifying is the weight of it. Yeah. I think sometimes we feel that, but two, I think sometimes we get caught up in what people will think maybe, or our not reputation, wanting not yeah. wanting to, especially, my goodness, in today's world, it's really, really hard. But like what you were talking about, TC, is you are walking in obedience every time you walk on a stage. All of you got, you know, communicators or, and so I think it is laying down who you are or who you, the, the person that you've built in your mind and being who God called you to be and walking in obedience each and every day, even if it makes you feel weird, <laughs> even if it makes you get uncomfortable, just because I think the life that we talk about in John 10, 10, this come up so many times over the past few weeks, if you've been listening, but this l- abundant life comes from walking in obedience and seeing these stories come. You know, we all have a story. Someone invited all of us to church probably. And um, it happened for me in the 10th grade, a girl I played ball with uh, invited me to a Super Bowl party in a youth group and my life was forever changed. And so I think her obedience, I'm always thankful for that. And so and my, you know, our family is different. Like my kids' upbringing is different. And so I just think the power of obedience is so interesting. Paul's obedience in that story and over and over again in scripture, we see that as people shaking off what the world thinks of them and walking in obedience. And that's where you see so much fruit. Yeah. Yeah. Whenever I think about roadblocks, I think there's just so many things that we can make an excuse of a roadblock. We can use our pride. We can use the uh, uh, our, our an excuse of our personality. We can use our reputation as, a, as an excuse. But here's the thing that I don't think we maybe understand or maybe even comprehend a lot of the times that God has a bigger and better plan for us than we could ever imagine. And we could ever imagine that we could ever comprehend. And because of that, like because of his plan, like we have no excuse except to follow him and what he has for us. And so forget roadblocks forget all the all the excuses i think i think i think when we, when we can just boil it down it's like i think just living in this obedience living and knowing that man if i have this authentic faith man i have to share this good news i have to yeah it's your only response mm. i think the <clears throat> the overarching theme that i i sense that i'm picking up as i read this as i as i teach this is like you're not you're not really teaching the the 
the art of sharing your faith. Yes, there, there's a time for that, and there, there's a necessity for that. But that is secondary to true devotion to Jesus, period. Like, I think if there is genuine, authentic, like, He is Lord over my life, as you said, Isaac, my response is I can't not tell someone about this. Like, I have to share this, right? We're going to end with this verse that is that is so famous. And there's one in Matthew, as we talked about. But uh, we're looking at Luke. Uh, uh, Luke chapter 15, 1 through 7. This is the ESV, the extra spiritual version. Uh, it says, <laughs> What man of you, having a hundred sheep, if he is lost, one of them does not leave the 99 in the open country. This is Jesus talking. In the open country and go after the one that is lost until he finds it. And when he has found it, he lays it on his shoulders, rejoicing. Right? So the idea of if we love God, then we will love what he loves. Um, I mean, again, back to that pressure. Uh, man, like, what what are your thoughts about that when you hear that? The idea that, you know, in, in our world, 99 numerically is a bigger number than one, yes. But Jesus flips it. One is greater than 99 in the kingdom of God. And I think, I mean, if you if you really, no one, God's bad at math. Jesus is bad at math. You know, we were <laughs> laughing about that. Um but my goodness, like just the power of one person, one story, and what that can change and how, you know, he had, not that he didn't care about the 99, he was a good shepherd, right? Like yeah. it says that over and over again, but his heart broke over the one who had gone astray. And so I think that I am always just reminded of what a difference one story can make. I'll share this really quickly um, just to wrap things up, but I had a few years ago, um, I had two two girls approach me about a friend of theirs, and they were like, we just don't know what to do. She's really lost, like, on drugs, you know, all kinds of stuff. But they loved this girl, right? Like, they loved her. She They played basketball together, and the girls' names were Lauren and Reagan. And they were friends with her, and they were like, we're just going to do something crazy. We have this—they had played this game where, like, if they said the word pineapple— that May is her name, had to do anything that they said. So if they were at a gas station, they said pineapple, and you said you have to, like, cluck like a chicken. She had to cluck like a chicken. And so they they were pulled up at her house <laughs> on a Wednesday night and said, you have to come to church with us, pineapple. And May's like, can't say no, you know? And so, like, these girls are, they're just, they were, like, relentless in inviting her. And she was like, no, it's not for me, you know? Like, I like my life. And, um... And then they did that, and she came to church, and she got saved that night. And then they partnered with her. They walked with her. They discipled her. They invited me into the mix and just got to watch God, like, change this girl's life. Like, she would lay down thing after thing, and whether it was drugs or a, a boyfriend or and just over and over again. And now May is, like, uh, she's in ministry. She's about to get married. She's going to go be a missions director at a church in, in six months. And, like, to talk to her now, to talk to her then, you're like, Goodness, great! It is a it is a Paul type yeah. type story. It's like these are two different people, and so that's what I think God is saying when He says, "No, I care about this one," because yeah. one day she's gonna get to heaven. There are gonna be a ton of people there because May McDuff came to know Jesus, yeah. and so I think that's just the cool part um, of the one mm. story. Mm. Absolutely, there's testimonies all over the world about how Jesus has literally taken us from who we once were and given us a new purpose 
given us new life, calling into this journey of being fishers of men and all of it, every single bit is fueled by nothing but his love for us and, and the way that he, he has forgiven us and that there's nothing that can separate us from his love because of how good he is. And so there's this verse in, in Second Peter, it's not only that his love for us changes us, his love for us actually fuels our mission as we testify of who he is to the world around us. And it talks through basically all of the fruits of the spirit. And then it picks up in chapter, uh, chapter one of Second Peter, verse eight. It says, for if these qualities, talking about these fruits, if these qualities are yours and they are increasing, they keep you from being ineffective or unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. And so this mission that we are on is fueled by nothing but what he is doing through us. And it's something that we have to learn to abide and, and take our hope and confidence from. And that, that alone, his love, and the way that he changes each and, each and every single one of us from the inside out is what's going to carry us through and give us all the confidence we need to walk through this something that's so difficult for us to seemingly comprehend uh, by the strength of our own hands. But it's his work and it's his fuel. And so we got to learn to just trust in that, you know? So, yeah, yeah that's good. Well, I think we are out of time for today. So we're signing off. We'll pick back up next week. Thanks so much for tuning in. We'll catch you later. Later.